Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin. Bess is Hashem. Shalom Bayashir, number 142. We're going to talk today a little more about healthy boundaries in a marriage. The truth is, it's important in every relationship. Uh, some of this is taken from the lectures of Rav Shimon Grun, fantastic uh, source for Shalom Bayas. Um, advice and insights that uh, you can listen directly in Torah anytime. We're going to pick some, you know, basically nekudais from those shiurim that are very practical, nagea that could help in a very real way. The truth is, is that every relationship needs healthy boundaries, whether it's um, parents to children, workmates, neighbors, parents, everyone. And it helps understand the roles that is within the relationship. Now, some people make the mistake in marriage when they when they feel that boundaries is an issue. They say to themselves, if the aside of marriage is ahava's love and becoming one, mamish like one, and that is very, very true. There's a big aspect of it that is like that. So wh- where is there a uh, place for boundaries? But the truth is, is that's a mistake. That's a very common mistake, but it is a mistake that in order for a marriage to work, no matter how much oneness you're going to experience and have parts of the relationship that you feel united and connected and that your souls are like one, but boundaries, in order to experience that, you need those boundaries. And boundaries ensures that the relationship will work um, and these boundaries are beneficial not just for yourself, meaning you, you, you need protection so you don't get hurt, so, so that the other party doesn't abuse you or cross the line. But it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. Without boundaries, not only may I be hurt, but subconsciously it weakens the marriage relationship on both ends. And ultimately, the, the reaction to crossing over these boundaries that should be there will hurt the other person as well, not just you. And um, brings an important point, and this is just a good advice when you're taking a job, any type of employment, not just for yourself, but for your boss who who's hiring you. It's very important to have a clear-cut job description before you take a job. You need to know specifically what the job entails, exactly what it is, exactly what you need to do, and um, not just the achrayas of what you will do in the job, but what your employer, the boss, will do. What is their achrayas? And it's not a matter of becoming inflexible. You know, you're flexible, you're adaptable, that's fine. But nevertheless, you need to be careful in understanding the roles. And it's very healthy for both of you, employee and employer, you and your boss, to define each other's role. I have to do this, but the boss is going to provide that, and so on and so forth. And that creates a healthy relationship in a workplace. Marriage is the same. There are parts that below that, that of becoming one, a real connection, which is beautiful, shared interests, but still every person needs to be valued for their own identity too. And Rav Shimon Grun has a nice vart. I don't know if he got it anywhere; it's his own, but it's a beautiful vart. And the pasuk can tell him that says has some gevuleich shalim that he places in his boundaries peace. In other words, that's the real way of having true peace is if you set up clear-cut 
boundaries. It's not healthy not to have your own sense of self and your own identity. It's a healthy and teradik ashkafa that even in marriage where you're two, two parts of, a, of the same neshama, you're one, but you're still two people. That's the bottom line. And you're not exactly the same. You don't like the same exact foods. You don't like the same exact weather patterns. And yes, you need to be flexible and tolerant with one another and open to each other. But at the same time, it's very important to remain individuals in a very healthy way. So in any relationship, Rabbi Grun explains, there are three parts. There's the mine, there's the yours, and then there's the ours. Ours is the actual relationship between the two of them. But there's some things that are clearly mine and yours. It's similar to, to two neighbors that share a backyard. If they share a backyard, they both understand that my children could dress the way I choose them to dress and play when in the hours when I feel that they should play outside. And the other neighbor has a right to do the same. That's the mine and that's the yours. And then there may be things where they need to discuss with one another before, um, before um, sharing something, So, which is ours, meaning the both combined. An example of this would be, I would say, let's say um, the two neighbors have a shared driveway. Okay, and um, one neighbor has a vert in his house that 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 particular night. So he calls the other neighbor and asks the other neighbor, you know, I know we share the driveway, but would you mind that if uh, you know that we could use it more this particular night because we have a vert and so people could park there? And the other guy says, of course, and they work it out. That's the hours part where each one needs to speak to one another for to mutually share parts of the backyard or the shared driveway. You know that are mutual, that are that are with that are that are uh, um, you know combined interests. But then there are things that are mine and yours. Same thing in a marriage. So he gave an interesting marshal. An example of it would be that usually speaking, and again, every marriage has different definitions of what mine and yours and ours should be. There's different cultures, but this is just to give you a general sense. If the question is, is what type of baby carriage to buy? That's usually the mother's decision usually she's the one who you is going to be using it the most with taking care of the child and that's usually her territory the father could make suggestions put in his two cents but ultimately it makes sense that it's the mother's decision um what dalad minim you're gonna buy that's usually the father's decision you know uh, the, the the he likes an, a yellow s rig so he'll buy the yellow ester. The wife can suggest, you know, I like green, but it's really not her thing. You know, even though she's going to shake the lulav too, but it's the father. He wants the ester to look a certain way. That's his realm. Again, it doesn't mean you can't suggest something, but you realize you're crossing over the boundary. So these are like simple examples of where it's pretty clear whether, you know, where the decision maker making comes from, this side or that side. So it's very important when you look at the big picture to think it through and define in the marriage who is really supposed to decide this. Who is the one who is going to make the decision in this area? And um, so, for example, if, if, if the husband is a Rebbe or he's giving uh, speeches or whatever it is, and uh, so it's his decision on how he's going to stand or sit and how he's going to dress and how he's going to interact, and how he's going to sit when he gives the class. 
if the wife sees this and wants to express the opinion, no, maybe you should do this or that, that's fine. But it's ultimately his decision. He's the speaker. He's the one talking to the audience. He's the one who's to have the control. How each one should dress also. You know, we're not talking about Tyrit Sneas, we'll put that on a different side. But Stamaze in general, it's unhealthy to say you need to dress that way. That's a way of control. That's not healthy. And it could lead to resentment. resentment. So there's certain things, or, 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 or which shul to daven in, generally speaking, is the husband's decision which shul to daven in. The wife can make a suggestion, express an opinion, but it's not her place to decide which shul he's going to daven in. Now, then there's something called ours. For example, um, temperature in the room, right? You both share the room. There's an us here. It's an us issue. You both need want to be comfortable. That's the goal. You both sometimes need to compromise. One likes it more hot. One likes it more cold. They have to work through it. That's an us type of thing. And um, they need to work together towards it. So it's not, uh, you know, those are general things. Again, some marriages are different. But the klal is very important to realize in marriage. And it's a healthy thing to discuss, by the way. It's a very healthy thing to discuss like at the outset or even after problems came up and now you're going to sit down and say, okay, let's start talking about this. Let us decide really in different aspects of marriage who should ultimately be the one. There's some things that are more clear cut that it's the wife should make the decisions on certain things. Let's say kitchen type decisions or what type of uh, supper to, to, to make or this and that and the other thing, how to prepare the Shabbos table. That really should be in the wife's realm. Yes, could, could, uh, does that mean the husband can't, has to keep his mouth quiet? He could share his opinion. He could express an opinion. They could talk about it. He could discuss it. He could be open about how he feels, but not imposing that, with the, with that on his wife, realizing it is, it's his wife's call. Ultimately, it's his wife's call. And vice versa, when it's the husband's call, the wife could express how she feels. That's perfectly fine. That's healthy in a relationship. You can have a back and forth discussion, but ultimately it's his call. And then there's us things where it's um, it's something that has to be worked uh, out together, and it's important to uh, talk it talk talk it out. And what's important to realize, every each one of you, husband wife, makes no difference. That each one is most likely emotionally involved in their own likes and dislikes, in their own way of looking at things. And it's it's no one's fault. It's 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 everyone has their negias because they're emotionally involved. So you feel this is the way that's more important and more appropriate. While your wife's way or your husband's way is not as important, uh, 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 you know, he, they're, they're a little off in what they're thinking, you know. And what a person needs to understand and to value is that the reason why you feel strongly about something, because that's you. It's your personality, your likes, your dislikes, uh, your disposition. So therefore, how you feel about how something should be is very logical to you and makes perfect 100% to you, while what your spouse, husband, or wife feels may be foreign to you somewhat because you have different tastes. It's, you're not as emotionally involved 
uh, uh, with your spouse's needs as you are with your own. And you need to recognize that. We need to recognize that, yeah, I'm, I'm entitled to have my own feelings and my own emotional involvement about how I feel, what's comfortable or not. But I also need to understand that my wife or my husband has their own individuality with their own likes, with their own emotional investments that may look different than mine. And if it's something that's a you or a me thing, which clearly should be that particular spouse's decision, we should allow that person, the husband or wife, to make that decision. We could express an opinion, we could talk about it, but ultimately, it's their space. We cannot invade their space. And then, if there's an hours, quote-unquote, decision, which temperature the room, where they should go for Shabbos, where to travel and so on and so forth, which neighborhood to move when we buy a house. Those are our types of discussions. Then they discuss that accordingly as well. Have a wonderful day.